la luna llena Iré a Bejucal Con el alcalde Iré a Bejucal En un coche de aguas negras Iré a Bejucal Con Cachao Y su descarga Iré a Bejucal Con la rosa de Romeo y Julieta Iré a Bejucal O Cuba O ritmo de semillas secas Iré a Bejucal O cintura caliente Y gota de madera Iré a Bejucal Arpa de troncos vivos Caimán Flor de tabaco Iré a Bejucal Yo siempre he dicho Que yo iría a Bejucal En un coche De aguas negras Iré a Bejucal Risa y alcohol las ruedas Iré a Bejucal mi música en la tiniebla, iré a Bejucal, hermano Gado en la arena, iré a Bejucal, maraca, tambor y pena. What you just heard was a song from Cachao Master Series, El Alcalde, The Mayor. The song is interpreted by actor Andy Garcia. The beautifully composed music resonating with life and celebration is the music of the Cuban carnivals. The carnivals all Cubans around the world remember fondly, whether they experience them or not. The lyrics are adapted from the Spanish poet Federico Garcia Lorca. Considered a masterpiece, the poem Son de Negros en Cuba is Lorca's passionate expression of his love for the island nation that captured his heart during a three-month visit to the island. Lorca's poem is an ode to the mulato culture of Cuba, of African and Spanish blood and the rhythm it produced, the life it created, the culture that it birthed. It is a tribute to the song the musical style that birthed everything from salsa to the popular music of today. Think Despacito and the reggaeton rhythm so popular. It all started in the first city of Santiago de Cuba. Andy Garcia gives the song a personal touch, replacing Santiago with Bejucal, the small Havana suburb of his birth. Like so many countless families, his was forced to decide between living under the yoke of a tyrannical regime or leave the life and home they loved to seek a life of freedom elsewhere. Garcia fell in love with Cuba and it haunted him as he left for Spain. The Garcia family departed as well. They came to Miami and cultivated their love for Cuba in their son's heart. So, Andy took a poem that was written out of love for a people and made it his own. In life or in death, he would return to Bejucal with maracas and drums and joy and with pain. He would return to Bejucal. On February 9th, 2018, I went to Cuba with my daughter and a group of friends. This wasn't my first visit to the island. I didn't go as a tourist, but as a Cuban son in search of something. Every trip has been marked with a search, even when I didn't know what I was looking for. This trip was different. It had a clear purpose. 
We went seeking virtue in Cuba, beauty in the wasteland. We went to find something that surpasses politics, division, and ideological rhetoric. We went seeking hope. In this episode, we want to share what we found. As the torciadores, aka the cigar rollers, quietly rolled their cigars, and the despaliadoras, aka the strippers, stripped the stems from the tobacco leaves. They were entertained, informed, inspired, and enlightened by literature and the daily news. So began the tradition of El Lector, the reader. This is the El Lector podcast, stories and cigars from the exiled South. We hope you'll enjoy it. For Cuban-American kids uh, growing up in Miami under the, um, you know, first-generation Cubans growing up in Miami, um, we're still living under this uh, uh, kind of shadow of what this was. Um, you know, we have to speak a little. We're, we're in we're in Havana. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean, freaking we, we amazing. We need to set this up. We're sitting right yeah. now yeah. on a patio in Havana. Beautiful. Yeah. It's it's ten o'clock at night. We've just had phenomenal food down the road, and yeah. we're just here with cigars and. Uh, yeah. We got Havana Club Añejo, siete años. Right. We're drinking uh, Ciego Montero. Yep, it's cola. That's du cola, it's called. <laughs> and and again, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying all this as much as you guys are. This has been a fantastic time, and and this will be my sixth trip to Cuba since 2009. And every time I've come, uh, it's it comes with a, kind of like a, a little bit of a sense of guilt um, because there's there's a lot there's a lot of baggage that we Cuban Americans have, and um, and it's uh, it's probably it's primarily comes from our parents uh, experience here and I have to speak almost and, and even as I'm saying this here you got to understand the tensions between the two Cubas you know the Cubas the Cuba of Miami and the Cuba here in, in Cuba um, this is this goes back to the revolution uh, when uh, you know what they call the triumph of the revolution here in Cuba and what my parents uh, look at and so many other Cubans in exile uh, call um, you know, just uh, the the breakup of the Cuban culture and the Cuban family. Um, so I'm speaking in, in a little bit of a hushed tone because I don't know who's around me. Sure. Um, and, but the reality is that in, in Miami, you also have to be very careful what you say, even still today. Not as much as before, and even now, maybe not a big deal. Maybe I could be talking in a normal tone, but this is the, this is stuff that's carried over. My parents came in '62 from Cuba. Uh, to went to Miami. Um, they were, they left under a lot of pressure, um, uh, familial pressure here, uh, because there were a lot of people in my family that were that were pro-revolution. The other side of my family was not. They so were, it split your family. It split, it split the family, and um, like it did to so many families here. And you know when my parents left, they were one of the many. Uh, that have left that were called worms, you know, gusanos. Um, gusanos, um, and uh, so, yeah. So coming here is is uh, is a sore subject. Uh, in fact, in the time I've been here, um, 
I've I've asked around a couple times to some of the some of the locals here. Do you see a, a lot of Cuban Americans come? And they don't understand what I'm asking because it, it's been fifty, almost sixty years yeah. now, and to them, a Cuban American could mean someone who's a Cuban who left a few years ago and you know and comes back. That's common. Right now, the way things are, a lot of Cubans will travel back and forth yeah. uh, freely. They they in fact they get criticized for it in the United States in Miami. Because they're like, oh, those these Cubans today, they come and go as they please, and they're 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 working here and they take money back, and then they they live, they live wealthy I mean, is, over is there. Is it like a jealousy issue that it's just a, because it's I think a it's different kind of Cuba now? Or? I think it's a resentment issue. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and but again, I don't say that to criticize uh, that gen that older generation. I just say it, it's it's a fact. It's a reality. It's it's in fact I, I kind of understand it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's a, but because it's a different Cuba. It's 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 changed so much over the last you know five five to six decades, and it's gone. It's 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 changed its code quite a few times. Even today, I, I'm here. It's 2018. I was here last in 2014, and I've been telling you guys how different it is. Yeah. Just in four years, I'm seeing things that's like a lot of the things that the, a lot of the uh, the narrative that I had four years ago coming here is, is changing. Uh, so yes, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a different place today. But my parents, the reason I had to ask them for permission the first time I came was because they went through a lot of pain, yeah. um, and and the pain happened here. And when they left, they they had the pain of having to leave very young. They left when they were in their early twenties with a little baby girl, my sister, went to Miami, went to New Jersey, settled down up there for a few years, then came back to Miami. Um, I'm looking over my shoulder, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, anyway, so you, uh, you they, they have, it's kind of like, if I, the, we were talking about this earlier, the, one of the comparisons is like, if, you know, the, the, the Jewish Holocaust, you know, the yeah. experience that the Jews had. And, and that whole idea of never forget, yeah. you know. And I think right now, where we are, fifty some years afterwards, is my is there's a there's a whole generation of older Cubans who we honor back home, um, and you know, who who basically are are I think they're afraid, they're sad with what happened. They're still carrying that weight, and I think there's a sense that they're getting like they don't want people to forget what happened. And so in asking permission, you have to ask permission as a Cuban son because you respect your parents and, and your grandparents and what they went through. Mm -hmm. And you know the pain they went through because you lived it with them. You, you, I saw my mother weep repeatedly and still even in the last 10 years over what happened. And hear my dad's you know, anger and, and also regret over different things. So yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's not it's something that you walk into almost in a sacred way. Like I, even my my friends back home who won't come here, um, if I tell them, they they in hushed tones say also, oh well, I, I can't man, I can't do that, I can't go over there. Sorry. My dad's family stayed behind, and and uh, my dad recounts a story of like my of his cousin telling him why are you leaving. You're asking me, yes, why, why are you going to leave? Why do you want to leave? Because at that time, I, they didn't know they were going to leave until the day of. And um, my, dad's, my dad asked his cousin, he said, listen, if I stay here, and you know, can I raise my daughter uh, like I want to? Can I, can, I, can I go to work every day, earn a living, come home, uh, spend time with my family? Can I put my daughter in, a, in, a, in the same school that we went to, a Christian school, a Methodist school in town here in Havana? And can we can we attend church? And he said, his cousin just told him flat out, no. Yeah. That's that's all changed now. And he said, then I don't want to be here. Shortly after, that deal was struck, and they they received notice like the day of. They were like, pack pack light, we're getting out of here. Police came to their door, um, had them fill out some paperwork told them to take one suitcase with a change of clothes and leave everything else behind, took their wedding rings um, and put a tape on the door, government property now, nationalized property. By the way, that house wasn't theirs, it was a rental, 
which I'll get to, into that later. But basically, they they ended up uh, leaving, and that was it. But they had they had good they had stuff. They had to leave a lot of stuff behind. Um, she was able to take pictures that she stuffed in a suitcase, and um, and a few other things that she was able to take. But that was it. Um, then they got on a ship called the African Pilot, and headed off to Port Everglades in Hollywood, Florida. And um, anyway, but you asked me how was my first experience. Yeah, yeah. So my dad's uh, family all stayed behind. Coming back to that. So when I came here, and I didn't know anything about this family because my father never spoke of them. That's just the, the way it was. I mean, I had heard about a couple of his cousins, but, and I'd see some pictures and ask, who is that? Oh, that's one of your dad's cousins. Okay. But we never talked about it. He never spoke of them. So when I came, um, I had made arrangements to go be taken to see some family members. I came with a church group. And um, it was, but for my family, I, I'm so far the only one who's come back at all. What year was this? This was in 2009. So, um, take me to uh, uh, this restaurant. They're called Paladar, uh, Paladar which is a, a, like a house restaurant. They, they have those here, like the one we just ate at. And um, this girl comes to the door, and uh, the, the taxi driver who took me there, was a friend of a cousin of mine, said, hey, is uh, this the home of so-and-so? She said, who's asking? She was really like kind of like hostile. Who's asking? And he said, he was all do Cuban fashion, threw his hands up and said, oh, I don't know, you know, you know, do that whole thing, that little dance. And he said, uh, yeah, he said, no, this is a cousin of, of, of yours. And she looked at me and she said my name. And, and, she, and, and, I, and I was like, she goes, I'm your cousin. And I, was, and I was just like, what the hell is this? I had no idea who this person was. So she knew who you were. Well, here, what happened was they had heard that I was coming. Okay. Somehow word got here that I was going to be coming. And, um, and it was a big deal because n nobody had gone back. So I found out that day how many cousins I had still here on my dad's side. And, you know, I've connected with them off and on over in you know, different trips. It's hard, though, because it's, we'd have no connection, you know. And it was a lot of pain. And there's just too much pain to look at. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and you can't pull that back. You just can't. It's. It's. I've made some connections with them, and uh, but it's been very difficult. Um, not just. Not you know. Just because of time and distance, communication. Even though we're now in 2018, looks like things are changing, but communication's still been crappy the last many years. So. Communication. <coughs> you mean between the, the internet or just talking? Just in general. Just in general. Just in general. Or it's difficult yeah. to get in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah. And and this and. And I, there's just nothing there. We don't really have. It's not like, hey, cousin. I, I, I know. I don't know these people. I still don't. I'm, we're gonna probably see one tomorrow when we go into my dad's old town, and I'll shake his hand and we'll exchange pleasantries, and then we'll go on our way. That's just how it is, because the rift is mm -hmm. too wide and deep, and the distance was created. You mentioned that many people back home won't make the trip that you made. What has allowed you to make the trip that has caused so many others to uh, to say no? Is well, it a desire for heritage or? Yeah, I'm weird. I, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I, I like uh, I, I like that stuff in in the sense of uh, I'm into the I, I'm I'm very much into knowing my roots, and I'm obsessive about it. You know, as my friend Mark here knows, and um, yeah. So I I I think for me. Um, what what made the difference though is that I came through the, through the church, and that was actually the one thing that I was able to tell my parents that made them put them at ease when I wanted to come, because mm. I think they were they were like their their biggest fears are there's a resentment first of all towards what happened and the people and the, the government here, mm. and um, and then there's the uh, the fear that I would maybe that I would believe a lie. Mm. You mentioned that yeah. they were telling you and your daughter, who's with us, don't don't believe the lies. That yeah, that's yeah. that's on this trip. Yeah. Don't believe yeah. anything you hear. And I'm like, Dad, been there six times already. But I know why he's asked. I know why he's saying that. I'm faulting for that. Yeah, because he's yeah. that's a that's a genuine fear. He's like, they they know what happened. And the the, the reality is, guys, we've been talking about this. The the way, especially in 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 our in the context of like the American mindset yeah. and how they view Cuba. It, 
they haven't been here. They don't know what this country went through. They don't know what these people are going through now, what, what my parents went through, that generation. They don't know the specifics. And, you know, they, it's that whole Che t-shirt wearing, um, you know, yay Castro, the, oh, the revolution. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. It's like, no, people died. Yeah. You know? Um, th this was, this was a, th it was not a, a pleasant scene. And it left scarred people, it left deeply wounded people. And so, but for, for, for Cubans in Miami, I think one of the things that, that we've, and I've even experienced, is a frustration of, of ha knowing what happened and seeing much of the rest of the world just blind to it or indifferent to it. Move on. Yeah. Today we walked past the palace and they have the museum of the revolution. Have you been in that museum before? No, I haven't. I've never gone into the palace. <laughs> Do Funny. You, yeah. We got there after four. Yeah. Uh, the last time I came here was after four, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I imagine... Uh, but I imagine that will... Um, would that be something difficult for you to see because it would be lionized? Yeah, yeah. because when... I've actually watched a video of the tour they give there, mm -hmm. and I can't handle it. Yeah. Because it's the revolution this, the revolution that, and it's... and I mean, it, not that I'm, like, going to you know, fall apart. It's just, yeah, just don't, don't want to hear that. Yeah. I, it's crap. Well, you said you did, you did have a good experience when we were looking back uh, decades, decades before, and we saw... Revolution against the Spanish. The Spanish, yeah, the very first Cuban flag. Oh, Tell man. me about that experience. Yeah, so today we went into the, which I had never gone into, it's uh, the, I think it's called the Palacio de los... Okay, the palace of the governor general, okay. yeah, Governante General, and um, it's this beautiful palace, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that thing was magnificent, yeah. and built in the 1700s, and they actually have there a museum set up showing the history of the, well, showing how they lived, and then a section showing the, the history of the revolution against Spain, and... Um, 1890s. 1890s, <laughs> and seeing all these people who these portraits of these people who I grew up learning about as a kid. Um, and just to backtrack a little, growing up in Miami is, is uh, back in the 70s is really interesting because I grew up learning the Cuban National Anthem along with the, um, the United States National Anthem. <clears throat> I grew up speaking Spanish, learning English from television, but I read Spanish, and I grew up in a Spanish-speaking church. That was kind of our, our enclave, right? Our, mm. and, and I grew up there, and I was there all, you know, two or three times a week or with people from that church, and it was a Cuban church. Like, everybody there was, they were Protestants from Cuba. Yeah. You know, they were Presbyterians, Methodists, and, and there were no Catholics. <laughs> it right. was like, there were plenty of Catholic, everybody, every Cuban's Catholic except for, the, you know, <laughs> a, a, a small group of Protestants, and my family's part of that circle. So we... Um, we, uh, we, I grew up speaking Spanish and reading it fluently and writing it. So, but a lot of my friends growing up, they were also Cuban-Americans, but they didn't have church. So they just, they learned it from their parents, but they didn't know how to read and write it. So when I was in third grade, I'm in Span I'm taking Spanish classes and I was, I'm, we're in a Spanish class in school that they, give, they gave us. And the Spanish teacher says, just grab a book to all the kids and read it. And I, I went right away and I picked up a book on Antonio Maceo, who we, who was a big part of that museum that we went to today, the history of that whole revol revolution against Spain, and an important figure. So I, I'm reading this children's book that was there on Antonio Maceo, and she's like, teacher comes by me, and I see that she pauses next to me, and she's like, you, you're reading that? Mm -hmm. and I go, yeah. She says, read me some, some, some sentences, and I started reading, and she goes, where'd you learn how to read like that? And, and I thought it was, you know, normal. Yeah. But I grew up very Cuban. I grew up, and I and I knew. I was like, oh, this is a book on that guy my mom told me about. So I'm gonna read this book, you know. And so this is like I'm steeped in this stuff all my life. My my parents raised me Cuban uh, because so, they remained even coming yeah. to America. They remained proud pre-revolution yeah. Cubans. Yeah. So so I'm I'm looking at this museum today, and I'm seeing this history that I had heard of. And these artifacts that are well preserved, by the way. I don't know if you saw yeah. the shed. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, really? The personal effects. Yeah. And stuff that your folks would probably really dig seeing. Yeah, yeah. The saddles of the yeah. you know, Maximo Gomez and Antonio Maceo. I mean, all that stuff. And there was a, but there's a flag 
Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that reaction. That so, little room, yeah. There was a there was a that one Cuban flag though, right? Yeah. There's this old faded Cuban flag, and it's uh, back in September. I was in New Orleans, and um, uh, my favorite city in America, and um, and I, I'm I'm over there and and I'm at this. There's this little monument that's or a little, not a monument, but a little uh, marker that says on this on this spot and such date the Cuban flag flew for the first time. And I was like, that's amazing. And it was Narciso Lopez who had, uh, in, who was the first to rebel against the Spanish in the 1850s. And he raised the flag in New Orleans. And he raised the flag in New Orleans. And then came to Cuba with and that. And they came to Cuba, raised it in Cardenas, which is uh, east of where we are now. And then, um, and I never knew what happened to it. Well, there's the flag in <laughs> yeah. front of us. And the lady's telling me that's the first flag that flew in Cardenas. And I'm getting goosebumps. And I'm like, that's the flag that flew in New Orleans. And I was like, that's, that's just so cool to me. Yeah. yeah, just that, that was the moment that I had there. And um, yeah, so that was, that was fun. That was, that was really cool to be, and to be able to enjoy that. I think, again, I'm a nerd. And I know a lot of my friends wouldn't be, they'd be like, what are you talking about, Marcos? You know, it's you know, Cuban Americans. They don't, they don't, they may not be interested in that, but I think there's so many things that they might enjoy if they were able to come here and be able to say, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go there not as a tourist, uh, I'm gonna go because it's my heritage. And I, and I, and I wanna learn about it, and I wanna, I wanna know what my parents made such a big fuss about, this beautiful place, you know, this beautiful island. You've done something that we were talking about in a, in a maybe in a more spiritual way, is a very difficult thing, and that is this, this Christian call to reconciliation and forgiveness, and yet that always is preceded by, by judgment. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, you know, forgiveness implies judgment. So if I, you know, if I forgive you for wearing that shirt, you would be upset if you didn't agree with me that that's not a good shirt to wear, yeah, you yeah. know? So, and then you were, you were talking about the way in which, <clears throat> you know, people don't want to forget. I think, I think that's, that's real because, mm -hmm. as you were saying, there's a lot of people in, you know, the United States, college kids wearing a Che shirt. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. It's, a, it's a really iconic cool picture mm -hmm. and that's what you see yeah, yeah you know but then there's all this other history yeah yeah my, my niece went to Wheaton College um, and she um, she had her first uh, year there she they, they immediately invited her into the Latin American Club or whatever they call it I don't know what they call it um, and they said to her, she said, yeah, cool. So she became a member and they were doing a, a thing for, uh, what's it called? Latin Heritage Month or something like that? Yeah. Spanish, okay. I, I don't know what they call it. Sure. Um, Every month is Latin Heritage Month. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying nationally, there's yeah. right. like, there's, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so she, uh, she gets, uh, they tell her, hey, we, we, we prepared this auditorium for this celebration. Uh, we, you know, they, they had decorated the stage with all this stuff, you know. And, she's, and they said, go check it out. And she went over there. And, there was, and she opened a door, and, and the first thing she sees, it was, it was all these flags and you know, probably coconuts and pineapples. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, Tostadas. mariachi hats or whatever. <laughs> but in the center was this massive faith. This is a Wheaton College. Yeah, this is not a bastion of liberalism. Che Guevara yeah. in the middle. And she, now here's a girl who is my niece. She's... She's much younger than I am, mm -hmm. but it's the same influence. Mm -hmm. Growing up in Miami, it's the same thing. It's like, no, 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 you do not do that. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. that's not allowed. And she, she's she made it. She raised hell basically. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote a, you know, she wrote a. Then they they told and they said they apologized. And they said that, but they had never encountered a, a Cuban American. I guess at Wheaton College, that, yeah. or they had never put Entirely a Che up. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> or they never put a Che up. And uh, so she was, she, but that's, that's kind of say like that whole, um, th there's a blind spot there, I think with, with, uh, with American culture and maybe even evangelical culture. There was a, you remember, the, you guys remember Steve Taylor, the Christian musician? Sure. Yeah. Remember he had a band that was really successful for a short, they had one album. You remember the name of the band? No. Yeah. Chagall Guevara. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great album. I mean, it really is a good, I still listen to it on occasion, but I was like, you have to put Guevara in there. What is yeah. he? You know, but it's that there was they they just see that. Oh yeah, spirit of revolution. I'm looking over my shoulders again. Yeah. Uh, this guy killed hundreds, maybe thousands of people. He ordered the deaths of people of, of innocent people just for not uh, believing in the in an ideology. 
So that's that that and 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 also he said some pretty nasty things about a lot of people. He was a, he was a racist. He he uh, he did not like black people. Uh, he was he he wrote it down. You don't he didn't he, he didn't say it. He wrote it down. This is what I think about black folks. Um, and you know this was not a good guy. You know necessarily maybe some people see him as a good guy, but you know whatever. <coughs> but we know what he did here. The yes. experience that we that we that my family had here because of guys like him. So. Fast forward, I come to in 2009, and I tell my parents, "Look, I'm going to Cuba um, because we're trying to find a way to connect the gospel to the people there. We want to see what's going on there. We were flying blind, but we had heard rumors for years that they were eating cats, and uh, <laughs> you know, because they were starving, and they were eating the soles of shoes and you know, seasoning them with salt and frying them." All these different things we had heard that they were that if you went, you would be sent into a if if they they were gonna follow me around everywhere and and if I said something like I am now I was gonna get thrown in jail and never sent back to, you know to the United States all this stuff or that I couldn't come in because my uncle's involvement with the Bay of Pigs I was gonna be marked well it turns out I came in everything was fine nobody was eating cats. Turns out that was 20 years before, after the Russians pulled out. Yeah, there were people eating cats. <laughs> that, that did happen here. There were people stealing cattle from uh, the, you know, uh, or beasts of burden that farmers had and eating them. Uh, the, that stuff was going on. Horse. And yeah, people did eat the soles of their shoes because they, had, they, they needed something, you know. Um, and on and on, atrocity after atrocity and things that were going, you know, just injustices. But when I came, uh, all I found was I was encountering people. I wasn't encountering politics. Um, the politics were at the gate when I came through. They asked me a few questions about who I am. That was I visiting family. What was my intention here? And then, but then after that, I was just seeing faces, and that that was incredible because then I started seeing, oh, these are not. Uh, this is not the communist island of Cuba. This is Cuba, the place of my heritage, and these people look like me. They sound like me, um, but there, there was a, there was a, there was a, a beauty and a and a pain, and uh, all at the same time, you know. Yeah. And it, it was an amazing experience. But it was really the gospel that was the, the 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 the, the one factor that that allowed me, that gave that my parents had to say. Well, okay, <laughs> if it's for that, and I was able to come, and really, again, I was back then. I was in my thirties, and I was, uh, I was, I had to ask him for permission. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had to go, mom, dad, I'm gonna go, and and it was a humbling experience. Even my my friend Roland, who was here, he uh, he mentioned it today. Just you have to come here ready to observe, and and just listen. Mm -hmm. You know, and hear what's happening here. You got you got to be able to come and li and just take it in. And when something comes at you that rubs you the wrong way, or or, or you know, just it's okay. You'll 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 live. You don't have to react. You know, you can just kind of like li you know, just hear what's happening and understand that these people, uh, just like it happens everywhere in the world, they they they've just they've grow they've lived their lives in a, and it's become a different culture than the culture that we have in. I have a real practical question. In Miami. I have a real practical question. It's been really quiet most of the day. Why is it at 11.30 all of a sudden these trucks are riding? Around? I know. This is, this is a real thing. Do you mind, can I ask you a question? So uh, Rocky's here. Um, this is your first time coming. What, what are your initial um, reactions to this place? Well, I was telling Mark earlier, he asked me like how I, what I think so far. And the first thing I noticed was like the houses and how most of them, some of them are being restored, but most of them, for the, like, they're falling apart. And it's really cool to, like, take pictures of them and see them, but then you realize, like, oh, like, these are people's homes, that they live in these houses that are falling apart. But, like, the other thing, and, and it's really sad, it's really sad, but the other thing I've noticed, obviously, are, like, the amazing antique cars. Yeah. Which... I already love antiques so much, and those are just like really cool to see the different kinds. And so, antique yeah. and antique cars that are running, running, and they're yeah, just driving they're, around. They're taxis it's not, yeah. and just. Well, that's what we're getting cars. to listen to every every yeah. ten seconds or so here. Yeah, they'd be quieter if they were pre-eye. Yeah, these aren't you know big 
big trucks that we're hearing drive by. These are small family sedans. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcos and I just successfully, uh, I think, maybe lit a cigar. We, we joined we're cigars. Running, we're, running, <laughs> we're running out of matches. Yeah, we... we Hold on. <laughs> that is, that is, a, that is a, an interesting part of this whole thing is that there are certain commodities that are harder to find. So we smuggled some toilet paper in. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use the word smuggle, but we, yeah, <laughs> we, we grab some. Keep that word. You yeah. snuggle yeah. some toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, is, is uh, being being part of this heritage? What does it do for you? I mean, is is there? Do you feel any connection, or is it just interesting? It's it it is interesting, but also like just knowing like what my dad has told me, like as, from his previous trips. It's just it's like really big for me to be here and actually see all of this and I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow to seeing like where my grandparents grew up and where they lived and where they went to church and their lives here so I'm excited about that. What were your when your dad first brought up you're 19 years old when your uh, dad first brought up maybe you coming to Cuba what were your reactions? Over your oh I was like yes of course I've, I had been wanting to come for years yeah. I had been wanting to come and um of course, like my, I don't think my grandfather ever really said much about it, but my grandmother, like when I told her that I was coming, she just looked at me like super serious, no, not really like, oh, okay. Like, and same thing, like some other uh, people in my family had that same reaction. Like no one was really like excited for me. Let's talk a little bit just about the, uh, the experience so far, just what we've seen, what we've, you know, it's, it's been a, you know, Jeff, you just mentioned, I, I wish we were taking pictures right now because we're literally just <laughs> passing around a cigar so we can get them lit. Because you can't just find a lighter here. But it's because it's such a beautiful to. breeze here yeah. right now. I mean, we're sitting. So basically, we're sitting in a in a town called Bedado, which back uh, pre-revolution was uh, was was where most of the the wealthy people lived here. There's there's houses here that are mansions basically. Yeah. And this this town built in the between the 20s and the and the 50s. And, and it, we're, we're about what? How far are we from the ocean? Like half a mile? We can see it from the roof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that breeze. Well, we walked, we, we walked home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a long walk. That was a long walk, yeah. Yeah. What's the, what's the difference between the last time? Because you were here four years ago. Mm hmm. Oh, man. Some of the things that I've. It, that's hard to say. Um, it, it's little things, it's not big things. It, it's, still, it's still dodgy here. So it's still. There's, there's, a, there's things that. We see. We're, we went to a tourist area today. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what's going on in the homes. We don't know what's how people are living in the day to day. Um, and there's a lot of cruise ships coming in here now. I, we, yeah. This guy told us like four ships a week or something like that are coming in, and that's great. And it brings money, but it doesn't bring money to everybody. Um, and there's still um, there's a, there's a lot of uh, disparity here with, with income because uh, the. The majority of the people uh, are, are I've, the average salary has been for the last many years, probably still is today, about twenty dollars a month, unless you're working in tourism. And so, we just ate a, a a very good but modest dinner, and yeah. it was like one hundred and thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so to be fair, we got some nice cohibas. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I mean, the mm -hmm. idea being that I mean, it's not like you know something costs uh, just one peso. I yeah. Mean, Prices are, are still high. The average grocery store. Yeah, you're not going to see at, at a restaurant. You're not going to see a Cuban person there unless they're accompanied. That somebody took them there. Uh, that's you're not going to see that. Uh, uh, and then they they just don't have the means, and they're not going to spend the money because they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The, the Cuban government changes things on them from month to month. So. It's, and uh, of course, we're now here what's, in, in 2018. Raul yeah. is going to be stepping down pretty soon. Now, what's changed was in 2014. I came right after the announcement, uh, but nothing had really changed yet. Uh, but um, the announcement that that, that certain, Obama, yeah, uh, you know, was was opening things up, um, or extended a whatever he extended to <laughs> to the Cuban government, and um, without concessions. But that's another story. Uh, you know, and uh, so he, um, I came then, and I I see a lot of the same things now, just slight differences, superficial things. But I think most of it, like as I think about it, most of it has to do with the fact that we're in a tourist area. Yeah. So you're always going to see this is where the money is, but it's the same way it was before the revolution. 
this is where the money was. It's the major city. Yeah. You know, in other parts of the country, I think life's not so far out of the city. Uh, things are. I think life goes on the same way it has been, and people are still, you know, living in the same conditions they were before. No one is starving in Cuba. Okay. This isn't a. This isn't a. Um, the problem. The problem of Cuba is not a, a starvation problem. You know. Um, the problem. The problem in Cuba is an, is an ideological problem, and it's a problem of of of, uh, of the soul. I believe yeah. of Cuba, um, uh, where this is this is why my parents and many at home say this is a different Cuba than the one that existed before, because it, they they think differently, they live differently, they've they've been indoctrinated into a system that is that has made it what it is today, that and it's has, austere. Yeah. I mean, it's austere. They're yeah. not starving. And, and Marcus, you pointed out <clears throat> that if, you know, this is, you know, my first time here and you walk around and you see ruins, you see buildings, mm -hmm. and I might expect that in, you know, Tijuana or, or, or a third world, you know, to use the, that term, mm -hmm. uh, nation. <clears throat> What's so striking is that this didn't used to be that. Right. right. This was once, you know, think early, yeah. you know. Yeah, this was, yeah. th there was a quote, I can't find it, we don't have Google yeah. <laughs> here right now. But, wait, wait, um, okay, so there, there was a house that had Wi-Fi and there was just a bunch of people standing in the street mm -hmm. with their phones trying to get, yeah, yeah, get yeah. the Wi-Fi. Exactly. There was a quote um, uh, from back in the 1950s where someone had said, this is the Cu Cuba, so actually it was, a, it was somebody in, in the American government who said, uh, Cuba is not a not a third world country. It is a first world country. It is. It, it's pretty much. Uh, the, the, it's it's a country of wealth. Uh, uh, I don't have any statistics in front of me, but there there was the, the, that's that's what's striking about yeah. this because what you see here. Such I a mean, short amount of time. you guys have been walking around. Yeah. What have you seen here? Just I mean, well, from what it was, you can tell. Right. Right. right? Is grandiose, yeah, maybe right. over the top. <laughs> right. Yeah, like really, really nice things. I mean, this is all in disrepair. Italian art. These these Cubans were, were contracting Italian artists and architects and engineers to come in here, and and build this and design. That's why you see all this amazing construction. Yeah. Um, if there was if there was a door ripped off some of these ruins, I couldn't afford to buy it if it was in L.A. at a right. salvage place. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Mark. This little, the way this we're in this this house that was built in the 1940s, which by the way. I reserved through Airbnb, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. And when I got here, the lady was waiting for us, even though I had not been able to communicate that much with her. She was yeah. like, "Yep, here we are. Yeah, it's great. And the house is yours, and it's and it's been fantastic." Uh, thank you, Airbnb. And <laughs> but this, uh, the, the we're looking at this wall here with this old door, and 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 I was thinking that with Mark. I was telling Mark last night. I said. If you wanted to design this yeah. at, in, in a home in Miami, it would be astronomical. Just yeah. that one doorway there in that wall. Yeah. It's it's crazy. There's marble steps on the way up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's it's seeing it now. It's if you if you and because of, I know what my parents have told me. They told me this is what it was like. Mm -hmm. And when I got here, I was like, "Holy crap." A lot of it was true, you know? And and some of it wasn't, <laughs> but a lot of it was true. But but this is, and then to see it like this now, it's it's heartbreaking. So I can't imagine, like my parents, for example, um, my dad said I can't go back, and I never understood why he's why he said that until I came, and I realized if he saw his town the way it was now, he it would he he told me it would kill me, because it, I would be heartbroken, I would be mm -hmm. sad because he knows what he remembers it, and he said I want to remember how it was. It was beautiful. I was struck today, we walked along the beautiful seawall, the Malacón, and there's modern-ish looking hotels, high-rises, some of it, like, you can't tell which ones have people living in them or not, at the ground level they look completely abandoned, but then there's certainly laundry hanging out of windows, Yeah. and just thinking about how back home in Miami, if you can see the water from a building, you know, those those units are going for seven figures, period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here, those buildings are falling down. Yeah, literally. squatters. Yeah. 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 Every time I've come, it's been that, right? I've come and I don't see anything new. Come again, don't see anything new. Yeah. This time, I, we've, we've seen what? Hotel, uh, there's a ho they're building a hotel in the Malecon. Yeah. A really nice hotel. Yeah. yeah. 
And this is this is times changing, man. You see Things are changing in the skyline. Cranes. I've never yeah. seen a crane here. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, what else have you? Uh, <clears throat> what has struck you in in being here? Well, last night we had a chance to to listen to a band and, and have a drink at the the Hotel Nacional. And it's a beautiful allegedly. Yeah. 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 We were near My the Hotel Nacional. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and that building is another one that's just absolutely beautiful, but right next to it is a block full of buildings that are crumbled. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that um, it reminds me of that movie Children of Men when the world is ending yeah. and the the rich guy who lives in like the National uh, Art Gallery in London, he's he's surrounded by all these absolutely beautiful things, and and it's like the world is ending around him, and then, you know it's a, it's a little dramatic for what yeah. we're witnessing here, but just that ju- juxtaposition is interesting yeah. because it's just there's such beauty and such you know uh, opulence with the, the Hotel Nacional, and then like mm-hmm. a stone throw literally from it is crumbled buildings. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is just the people. Like like Marcos was saying, it's been really fascinating just to kind of meet people. We were walking last night, and uh, you know I'm I'm a big Cubs fan, and I had a Cubs hat on, and a guy comes up to me and, and points at my hat and smiles, and and he he took the moment just to say, hey, remember, man, the problems between our governments, it's not people. Yeah. Mm. Right, that's right. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Today also you went to ask someone for a lighter. And uh, they had some choice words about our president. We didn't say that, but it was, it was, it was yeah, kind yeah. of humorous. Yeah. That, was about, that was about the most political anything's gotten in the entire show. But. Which is kind of noteworthy in and of itself. Yeah. There's been no, like even getting through the airport, everything was completely smooth. Because I, I didn't have to, well, if my wife hears this, I did have to ask for permission. But and this is your first time. This is my first time. And everybody who knew I was coming from my family or my wife's family... Uh, just immediately wanted to know why. Why not? Why would I want to go? But why would I do that? Why? Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah, I've never had a place where I've traveled to where people have had like a reaction like, "Why would you go there?" Yeah, like, exactly. You yeah. don't say that to someone going to Canada or going to. Dan and I got at least you know three or four emails from people with links explaining why this is a terrible thing. Yeah, <laughs> same. I got I got multiple people emailing me about about the ear ringing thing and um, everything like that, but. Um, it, it was it was I was nervous leading up to the trip for that reason like you know I'm convinced I'm going to say the wrong thing I was telling joking with Racky like I had gum in my mouth the first day I was like I really want to just spit my gum out but I don't want to do that like what if someone sees me spit my gum out yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I've been so impressed with how easy everything was like even at the airport in Miami we got there or I got there Three hours before the flight, because uh, the guidance on the airline said to do, to be there three hours before, I walked up to the kiosk, scanned my passport, and and there was one extra question, uh, more than taking a normal domestic flight, and it was, "What's your reason for travel?" Mm-hmm. And I pressed the button and said, "Okay, here's your boarding pass," mm-hmm. and and then I had to, you know, you buy a visa as well, and then at the airport in Havana, um, I wouldn't say that it was. Um, fun to get through but it was just a very long line no but, it was a lot of people but yeah. yeah it was just a lot of people once I got up to the immigration desk she looked at me made sure I looked like my passport picture stamped my passport and sent me remarkably easy yeah, and a lot of the staff reminded me of kind of like camp counselors at a church group you know there was a guy with like a staff shirt on and yeah. it was real pleasant yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great yeah. yeah although I have to I have to admit maybe a pro tip here is uh, you know, if you can choose which line you're getting in, look at the one who's smiling. Maybe get yeah. that, that I think that yes. helps us a little bit. Yeah, but there were so many people you couldn't even see the attend the the customs by the time you got there. Yeah, when we well, when, when we got there, I will say side note, there weren't that many people. We looked around just to make sure we didn't see you guys, uh-huh. and then we didn't see you. But by the time then we turned in, then everybody had the throng had come yeah, in, yeah. so you guys came in after us. And yeah, there was, was a delay. That's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even even talking about that, like I, I I something in me cringes because again, um, I, I know the, the narrative from Miami, and it's like no, nothing. No, there's nothing positive. That that really is what it is. There's nothing good here. Because well, even if people come, it, it's just going to become corrupt. There's no no. It, it has to do with the past. Okay, let's do that. <coughs> it's, it's all about the past. 
nothing's going to change un until there's a complete government changeover. It's funny you say it's all about the past because that was the other thing that I was struck by today. Was how we so today we traveled to Hemingway's house in Cuba, um, and we we spent a lot of time in you know Old Town Havana, mm -hmm. and. It, it's all about the past. Every yeah. single part of it. You yeah. know, the newest building here, like like your mother was saying, is is from you know before fifty nine, and we started the morning by changing money in probably one of the newest buildings at that time. Yeah, and it the fucks up. Yeah, yeah, and it was kind of post apocalyptic in it, the sense that yeah, yeah it, it wasn't like it didn't yeah. yeah it didn't look that hot anymore. Yeah. Right, yeah. but then we we spent you know a lot of time in the the can you say it again in Spanish? It sounds so much better in Spanish. Which one? The Palace of the... El Palacio de los Gobernantes Generales. Yes. I believe. <laughs> yeah, so. And um, I, Racky and I were walking around there, and I, just everywhere you turned, from every perspective, that building was beautiful. Magnificent. Absolutely beautiful. It's, yeah. it's marble everywhere. You could feel the worn marble under your feet as you walked up the stairs. All original. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. It's right across the street, or across that little plaza from a chapel, where the first mass was held by Bartolomé de las Casas. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which is that's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's, that's what I was struck with. Is it's almost like when you can see uh, like the side of a cliff, and there's the different layers of rock. Mm -hmm. So we've got just history from every part of Cuba, mm -hmm. and we're experiencing all of it today in, yeah. in a really cool way by starting at that building, you know, built in the '50s, to the the palace of the governor general yep. to. Hemingway's house, like we get to see a really neat sampling of the history of Cuba. But and and I and I go back to what I was saying because the, the I didn't I don't want it to sound like I was saying something negative about the folks back home. It's the way we see it. So when I right. cringe when when we're saying hey so this was good, hey this went well, that I'm I'm like I, something inside me because my narrative has always been no, no, no nothing good there. And a friend of mine, um, someone I know. Uh, who I said I, I told them you know we're we've been putting together this idea with Virtue in the Wasteland and, and the Elector podcast and we've been saying and, and I wanted to give it the name Finding Virtue in Cuba how do we find virtue in Cuba and this person said good luck mm. no and then said it's not there mm. you're not going to find it because that's what it is it's like it's dead it's dead to them mm. that, that, that this, these generations these older generations it's there's nothing good here it, it's, it, was a, it was a big uh, mess, it was heartbreaking, it's a deep wound that won't heal for them. But like the gentleman who came up to Mark last night with the hat, that this is not about governments, this is about people. Yeah. Right? And, <clears throat> yeah. and so, of course there's virtue in Cuba. Of sure. course there are. Sure. Yeah, to the, to the extent that there's people with that character. Are people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I noticed was that, you know, you, you have to read even the 20th century history in light of all the other history we saw, which is, yeah, great, we saw De Las Casas, but that also reminds you that it's not like these things are in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. There is a whole history of the Spanish, and we're seeing people that are Cubans fighting against the Spanish, getting drawn and quartered, um, the mistreatment of indigenous people. Um, there's, there's all sorts of pain that's that's this tidal wave behind it. So when you get to, not to excuse it, but it, I think for me it helped me to realize in a, in a small way why at least things could break out and get out of hand the way they did given that long history of pain. You know, when you, if you're in a relationship and you, and you start, there's a truck there. Let's say you're in a relationship, you're, you're married, you're in a relationship, and, um, and, and there's a past, and you, know, you, you get into a fight, things get out of control, and you start yelling. You don't want to be doing that. You get kind of irrational, but yeah. that irrationality has a history, has a story. Mm -hmm. you know? And so as much as, I, 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 when you're saying there's, there's this beautiful architecture, but that's also opulent. You know, like, how, do you get, how do you get rich enough to have that? And so the resentment, I could imagine that if you're if you're not the kind of person that has that, yeah. if you resent that, you know, and you feel like you didn't get a fair shake to get there, it's not to excuse violent behavior, but you can see that this stuff builds. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's, and it's a whole history of it. Uh, there, there was a, H, HBO did a special on Cuba uh, called um, Patria o Muerte. Uh, uh, the Homeland or Death. Homeland or Death, yeah, thank you. <coughs> Homeland or Death. Look, I'm telling you how to speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> well, hoping for the translation to English. Only because it's close to the Latin. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. I'm Cubano. No, but, uh, so, but this Patria Muerte uh, starts out with a montage at the beginning that's beautiful, but it's, and it's just, but what, it, what they're showing is that the history of Cuba, the history of Cuba has been horrible. It's, it's yeah. a, it's, this is an island that's been the focal point for a lot of people to rape it. And yeah. just and use it for centuries, and uh, you know as soon as as soon as the uh, you know Columbus saw it, that it, everything went downhill from there. And I'm not blaming Columbus. I'm I'm not a I'm not a I'm not an apologist for Columbus, but I'm also not I don't like to demonize him because I think it was just he was he was a man of his time. But um, there was a I don't know I would get a lot of hate mail for that if <laughs> or, or, or hateful thoughts towards me about that, but. There's, there's, uh, this is, this place has been through hell, and and it and it, but every generation only remembers what happened to them, you know, mm. and there's a there's a term here actually on the island that I learned on my first trip, which was, um, yeah, that that person was with the government until they stepped on their toe, until the government stepped on their toe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what they remember. Now, they don't remember, some of those folks may not remember that they were the same ones who were calling other people before worms. Yeah. But now they got, they got shafted, and now suddenly they're against the government, and they're dissidents. And it's like, really? You know, so it's that, that kind of, uh, people just, but people just remember, it's all very personal. It's mm -hmm. all very, very, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Wait, what's the term in Spanish? That's an interesting one. The term in Spanish is le pisa, uh, hasta que le pisaron el callo. What's, a callo is like a, like a blister on a, fo or, uh, on a foot. What is that? Uh, like a bunion? A bunion uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corn? Yeah. A corn. I don't want to say corn because that's really gross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So worse than others. <laughs> she was fine until they stepped on her corn. <laughs> what do you mean corn? Like a husk? <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of, but that's, that's what that term is. And, and, and really, it's all, it's all very personal, you know, the whole thing. You just and you were saying about the disparity uh, issue, um, economic disparity. So my dad remembers that. My dad describes this here. He remembers uh, he got a job in his, his first job with a Chupman Cigar Company um, in 1950, freaking nine. Yeah. <laughs> when year, which is the year that the revolution triumphed, and uh, he didn't know what it meant. He his his uncle told him, "Don't worry, this will pass. It's you know how new our government is. I mean, this, this you're talking about a country that one year had four presidents serving at the same time, you know, or something <laughs> like that. I think it was like a panel of presidents that yeah. they had because they couldn't get their act together. Um, and um, anyway, so he remembers though standing in a in a suddenly finding himself standing in a rationing ration line, which had never happened before, and." He was standing there with his doctor, who was a family doctor, who was a family doctor for pretty much everybody in town. And not only was he the family doctor, he did house calls and he gave, he, had, he, he went to see people for free. They, would, he, he would, he, they couldn't pay him, that was fine. Because they were neighbors and there was a, they were a community. And, but he lived in a nicer home. And one guy, and he remembers as a young, he was, I think he was 19 at the time, or 20. Yeah, 20, he was 20. Just a little older than your daughter. Yeah. And he remembers that he's standing in line, and the guy, this, this guy turns to the doctor and says, now you're, ha now you're struggling just like I am. And he, and he said it with this, like, yeah, yeah now, resentment. now you're like me. And my dad just looked at that, and he was like, he, he said, and the first thing he thought, he was like, he didn't say anything. He was like, this is your this guy's part of our community. Why are yeah. you talking to him like that? And he was just like, he was like, how, what, what are we becoming? And he, and he saw how that resentment just it had, had eaten away, became toxic, and just started deteriorating the community that they had. So. Yeah. I wanted to go back to part of the, the reason I think that uh, 
probably not what ultimately made the revolution possible, but one of the contributing factors was how many times Cuba has basically been wrested from someone or, you know, been fought over. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago on your back porch, we watched a, an explainer video, and I, I asked you how accurate it was. Yeah. It's just all about the history of Cuba, and it... it I mean, they're, they're having ship to color Cuba in the United States. Yeah, yeah, and they're having to color code it and use different arrows for different time frames, and it, it's it's incredible how fraught the relate that relationship particularly has been. But you know, not to mention the Spanish mm -hmm. you know involvement. So it's it's certainly like I think what you were getting at, Dan, about um, you know like a relationship that's fraught. Like how you don't want to be there. Actually, Jeff, you were saying that, and how I think that can lead to an overall sense of almost instability. Mm -hmm. Certainly, you know, in a personal relationship, and you know, I think writ large, we see the effect of that. Here. Yeah, 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 for sure. One last thing. I mean, I'm not saying we should end it, but I, one last thing I was uh, making want to make sure we talked about was the uneasiness I feel about. Um, trying to enjoy and be generous here has two or three constituents kind of on my shoulder. You know, like the, the angel and the devil, so I got more than the angel and the devil. To the extent that we are generous and spending any money, we're bringing people a little bit of breath, a little bit of life. Yeah. But that's also, for, for Dan and I, our, like most of our folks, we're, you know, we don't have any connection you know, really to the Cuban-American community. It's more the question of, are we going to be patriotic enough to stick with you know, the United States' intent to kind of put the, the tourniquet on the economy for political purposes, right? So we're here, and you, uh, you know, you, we, go eat, we go eat dinner. That's going to be good for somebody. But you know, how, how does that perpetuate what some would see as, you know, and, and could be very well uh, seen as a way of supporting an unjust system. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it's like you can't even feel good about putting in a little extra tip or something without realizing that, you know, this is good for this individual, but maybe it's detrimental to an overall policy. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the problem there, I think, is that whatever you do here, um, is going to the government. So let me speak freely if I can. Yeah. This whole thing about don't stay in this hotel and that hotel, and don't go to this these restaurants. And here's a list of the the, the the restaurants that are supporting going. The money's going right to the military and all that stuff. Okay, I get it. And 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 I I don't really like to stay in the hotels anyway. I've, I've actually done it before because uh, there was we didn't have the connections and I, they did it. That's whatever, that's in the past, but everything that you do here goes to the government because everything is nationalized. So that's a joke. Yeah. You know, if it's all politics. It, that, that, that whole thing is, is pandering to a community in Miami that's uh, to, to try to, the old guard that's trying to, that, that's holding on to that, you know, we're going to stick it to them and it's all political to get votes. That's all that is. Yeah. There, I said it. Now, you mentioned uh, when we were walking around that you think this might be the beginning of a really wonderful period. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because there could be some value yeah. for, for Cuba. Explain I would say, this is what I meant, <clears throat> to clarify that. I, what, I, what I meant was, um, is that for the, for the actual faces, like I said earlier, for yeah, the people, for people. The, the individuals that I'm seeing, there's, there's it looks like for now, because it's going to be, in, it, it's a, it's a funny time of transition, and I think this, this one period here, for some Cubans, will represent a, a, a breath of, of oh, okay, I, I, can, I can breathe a little bit, just a little bit easier now. There's a little bit more that I can hold on to because of all the tourism and, and, and yeah. what appears to be some of the prosperity that's coming in. I don't know where it's coming from. It could be coming from China. Could be coming from the, the, the little, you know, a lot of it from the tourism, whatever, whatever where it's coming from. A lot from, of Canadians, <coughs> Canadians, eh? And they're, you know, this is this mm -hmm. is coming in, but I, I'm seeing a, a time where I don't know how long it's going to last, but where there might be a reprieve for not all Cubans, but for some Cubans that they hadn't seen before. Uh, they'll they'll be able to 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 breathe a little easier. Unfortunately, as I say that, I'm very aware that the majority are still going to be living 
life is going to go on the same way it has been. It's a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's something, but it's something they've gotten used to. I have we have um, we have many friends here that who will not see the benefit of the tourism mm-hmm. that's coming in. Um, this is a big island. You know, this ain't Barbados or, or you know, uh, Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is uh, this is a bigger island with eleven million people, eleven million plus. So it's it's a it, not everybody's going to see it, but that's that's how things are. However, I think there's going there's some changes coming, where because it, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, the the cash is coming in. And there's some tokens of possibility. Yeah. It could it could go badly. It could. Yeah, and 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 the government could will and, and possibly will find a way to tighten it on the other side, mm-hmm. and just restrict even more because that's how they do it. Uh, recently, um, they'll they'll what they'll do here is they'll they'll say, okay, folks, you you have the opportunity to sell uh, goods from your front porch. And I've ha- I've actually talked to Cubans who've been like, that was fantastic when they let us do that, and I asked them how long did it last? Oh, about six months. Then they shut it down. Mm-hmm. That's the way, but but they're used to it. Yeah. This is kind of how they've been living for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like they they're, 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 there's never any sense of like, okay, we can live, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's always like, this, this is how it's going to be for now. And then it's going to change. And then it's going to change again. And it's constantly in flux. And it's a way that the government controls how, things, how, how the people live. Yeah. And I believe keeps them subdued. Huh. Yeah. 